Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 512 on Tuesday the 7th of February 2023. Hello, I'm Andrew. This week, I'll be shocked at news from Down Under. I am stunned that performance-related bonus is actually that in one company. And I learn how one can look one's best when venturing forth on the roads. But first, I have to jump to some follow-up. And the headline in the Guardian article that is the first piece of follow-up is Australian startup Recharge wins bid for collapsed UK battery company British Vault. This is all about who made the winning bid to take over the British Vault project and build the battery factory in Blythe in the northeast of England. And it is a company called Recharge Industries. And they are, as it says in the headline, a startup from Australia. But they're not only going to build a battery factory in the UK. At the same time, they are planning to build a battery factory in Australia. They were the winning bid over, there was five or six other uh, bidders. These were seen by the administrators as the best option for this project moving forward. We'll have to uh, wait on that one. My fear is... This is a startup that is trying to do two very complex things at the same time at different sides of the planet. I hope they have on board their management teams, some really good people, or I fear this is just another doomed attempt. Uh, and I feel really sorry for the people of Blythe if that's the case. I really hope I am tragically wrong on this one. I hope I am so wrong that it's ridiculous and we can all point at me and laugh later because it needs. we need a battery factory. We need many battery factories in the UK right now. The next piece of follow-up is from Yahoo Finance and the headline is Renault-Nissan revamp opens up chase for new partners. As we said last week or the week before, the... Rebel Alliance has got together and decided that they will stop eating themselves and actually make some deals together and reshape how the structure of the alliance is. With Renault removing a lot of its voting shares, it's not taking, it's not got a controlling amount of shares. Was, was it forty-five percent or something ridiculously high like that in Nissan, where Nissan only had fifteen percent in Renault? So that has all been agreed. That's all been adjusted. Also talking about Nissan investing in the Ampere EV division that Renault is setting up. But not only that, they have agreed that the uh, the alliance partners are allowed to talk to other companies because that was quite a sticking point when Renault came and said they were chatting with Geely. Uh, that, that really did put the cat amongst the pigeons for Nissan and displeased them severely. Uh, and it took the intervention of the French foreign minister to confirm that they had no problem with reducing the amount of shares in Nissan uh, for this deal to get over the line. Because that, that was a big sticking point that Nissan didn't believe that's what Renault wanted to do. It took uh, a year. And if you read through the article that's linked in the show notes, you'll see some of the <laughs> some of the quotes show that Whilst they may be working together, I'm not thinking that Renault and Nissan are exactly friends when it talks about how long this took and stuff like that. Do read through. Now, hopefully, Renault, Nissan, to a certain extent, Mitsubishi can get on and worry about cars. 
Right, we finished the follow-up, and as it's the beginning of the month, we can now talk about the new car registration figures for January 2023. And on the back of six consecutive months of growth, the registrations in January are also up at 14.7%, with 131,994 new cars being registered for the road. Obviously, we need to put that in context and not get too overexcited whilst it is a positive and good thing to see. But you have to go back to 2012 for a worse, well, apart from the last two years, but to go back pre-pandemic, you have to go back to 2012 for a worse January. What we can see, though, is that uh, if we go to Tristan Young's chart of the powering element that you put in the car to make it move, we can see that petrol is up 19%, diesel is down uh, nearly 11.5%, BEVs are up nearly 20%, FEVs are up just a smidgen at 0.69%. So that is good news for battery electric vehicles. And it goes to show that some of the constraints of the supply chain have possibly eased a little bit or enough for there. But it's also a surprise because typically January is very quiet anyway. And especially recently because December was the month to really cram in all the BEVs and plug-in hybrids to make sure that car companies weren't over the EU's threshold for, and the UK as, as a consequence, the threshold for fleet CO2 minimum emissions, because those fines are really very chunky. Okay, I'm going to hit the best sellers now. Starting at number 10, we have the Ford Fiesta with 2042. Number nine is the Hyundai Tucson. Number eight is the MG ZS. Number seven is the Ford Puma. Number six is the Kia Sportage. Number five is the Vauxhall Corsa at 2,425. So not a massive leap up there from 10th to 5th. Kia Nero is fourth. The Nissan Qashqai is third. The Volkswagen T-Roc is second. And the MG HS is first with 3,481 vehicles registered. If I move us to the spreadsheet of news, it's not Doom this time, so I can't say that, I will quickly rattle through those that didn't do very well, and we'll start with our Bath, Alfa Romeo, DS, Mercedes-Benz, Mini, Smart, and Vauxhall. So there are others that are a little bit down, but not that many. On the positive, and if I start at the bottom because that's where I am now, Volvo is up, Volkswagen up, Tesla up, and they win this month's MG Award for most ridiculous positive increase in percentage with a percentage increase of 1,186.67. So a boat came in. What that means is in 2022, 45 vehicles were registered. In 2023, 579 were registered. Suzuki is up, Skoda, Seat, Renault, Porsche, Polestar, Nissan, MG, which is not surprised with the HS model, Mazda, Maserati, Jeep, Jaguar, good to see Jaguar there. Land Rover also up, but just not quite on the threshold that we 
required to mention them properly. Genesis, which were pipped this month, unfortunately, by Tesla because they registered a percentage rise of 706%. Then we have Ford, Up, Fiat, Cupra, and Citroen. SMMT say in their article that's linked in the show notes, they make a big point about the charging network and how this is not keeping pace with the number that uh, a number of plug-in vehicles that are being bought. So they are beginning to turn their attention and calling on the government to help out by looking at VAT on charge points and also looking at the VED rates that are changing, although I think that one's a little bit harder to call because it's 20 quid, isn't it, when it finally comes in. Hopefully this positivity and upward trend continues. It's still a long way to go on pre-pandemic levels, but it is a step in the right direction, so at least in the short term. The other bit of large news that came through last week or in the last week is, and I'm going to take this from the Detroit Free Press, that the Ford execs cut their own performance bonus after week 2022 earnings. Ford CEO Jim Farley presented their earnings uh, on stage and was very vocal about how frustrated he was that they had not done better. Uh, as a consequence, I mean, it still wasn't bad. It's not being, it's not, wasn't a loss or anything. Let's not be <laughs> silly. But what he then decided, uh, and with, with the agreement of the board, is that instead of anyone in a decision-making position, so that's the senior execs, they would not be eligible for the 148% performance bonus. That would be reduced to 90%. They'd cut off quite a bit of their, their bonus there. However, all the other workers who were not in a position to have changed the decisions that were made or things that did actually hold them back as a company and didn't didn't enable them to make more profit or bring in more income, uh, they were not hit by this. So they got their 148% bonus because they they are people who've done what they were asked to do. This is what, what their bonus was tied into. It's refreshing to see a senior team not just take the cash when they haven't performed. That is incredibly refreshing. It is thought to be a couple of hundred people in the company, by the way, that won't be getting this the, the full bonus. It will focus their minds, hopefully in a good way and not in a typical we must cuss costs way or asking for money back off suppliers and things like that. I hope they don't do that because that's lazy and doesn't actually help you moving forward. That will come back to bite you. Also wrapped up in all the the news about Ford and everything, rumours are flying around that BYD, the Chinese EV company, is in talks to buy the Ford Focus factory in Germany that we know Ford are going to shut down uh, because they are going to stop the, the Focus as well as the Fiesta production. But then there are also counter-arguments suggesting that it will be quicker for BYD to just build their own factory. Uh, I can see the, the pros and cons of either of those arguments. However, I would think, particularly if it's in Germany, 
environmentally getting something built is harder, as Tesla found out, something fresh built is harder than using existing. And can they actually get it all through up, built and running in the same time that Ford is going to be finished and out of their factory? That is what the execs at BYD will be carefully hunched over spreadsheets trying to work out. Tied in with all that again is German unions are jumping up and down and saying that Ford could cut up to 3,200 jobs um, because they are apparently looking at moving some product development work from Europe to the US, which wouldn't surprise me too much because, as we've seen, the US is uh, has gone. The US government has gone on to get more car production and specific elements of car production within the boundaries of the US in order for companies to for their cars to be eligible for the for their cars to be eligible for the EV grants for the customers. Talking of EVs, I am now going to move us on to another article from The Guardian with the headline Electric Van Startup Arrival to Cut 800 Jobs Amid Focus on US Market. As we've discussed several times recently on the show, Arrival is in serious trouble. They did uh, an exercise, primarily I would imagine, for their investors where the top two people just moved their nameplates to different chairs. But this has meant that the new CEO, new in inverted commas, but he is new to the position, the new CEO has decided that they will cut 800 jobs. <sighs> They've also said that they plan to start production in Charlotte, North Carolina next year and, quote, subject to raising additional capital, end quote. Ooh, yeah, it uh, really doesn't look good for this company. I will be surprised if they manage to keep going and if they manage to actually produce anything particularly in any numbers that would mean that they become they are a viable company so it's such a shame but it doesn't look good for them what is some good news is though looking at this article from completecar.ie uh, is that mercedes has started the be visioneers charity mercedes sold off one of only two SLR coupes for an all-time all record auction price of 135 million euros, you may remember. And we were all sitting there scratching our heads going, why have they done that? Because it's not like they needed the cash, or do they? Turns out they did need the cash, but for a very good reason. They have put this into a fund that will be used to encourage younger people to improve the world around them, as it says in the article. Therefore, what will happen is that bids will come in from for projects from people aged between 16 and 28. And the idea is that, that they are trying to develop and launch, and I'm using quotes here from Mercedes, develop and launch projects offering measurable benefits to the environment and society. What this appears to be is looking at um, getting different ideas from different people rather than looking at industry to come up with these things. I mean, I think it's a great initiative. Hopefully it kicks in. Hopefully we get these interesting and different and new and definitely 
out there ideas that might work because we have to look at all all angles as as we constantly say when looking for ideas for the for mobility and the car industry we we should we have to stop this there is only one solution idea there isn't because there's there's lots of aspects that need to be attended to uh, and i'm really surprised at this move by mercedes but i'm i'm delighted to see it As Alan's not here, this is a shorter than normal show where I will hold off on new new car news because it's never as much fun unless me and Alan are actually arguing. Um, so <laughs> that means we have come to the end of the first part. So that is Guilt Minute. And it's the quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel that the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. There are different levels of Patreon for different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live normally. We also have a small range of merchandise in our spring store from stickers to mugs and T-shirts, although we know at the moment because of problems, if you're in the UK, because of problems with Royal Mail and their hack, and there is a bit of a backlog from pre-Christmas because spring had a bit of a problem leading up to Christmas uh, due to volume of orders that uh, people may not be getting their stuff right now. So we are very sorry that this is the case. As you will appreciate, it's completely out of our hands. There is nothing we can do about it. Uh, and hopefully the both the problems get resolved very quickly and then you can get whatever it is you've ordered as soon as possible and enjoy it. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand that, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. And if you've done all that, and we know so many of you do, and we are very thankful, then the last thing you could do is recommend us to your friends and or colleagues. Right, I am going to take us straight into the points of interest. And the lunchtime read comes from the newsletter Juicy History. Uh, the headline is Fashion History, Early Motoring Fashions for Men, Women and Children. And this is all about how to dress up on the very, very early days of motoring. For example, the first advert or the first uh, cover that you see is for Motor in March 1909. And it just walks through the variety of options and how this market was, uh, this market was targeted and how it was advertised to. Uh, oh, just the goggles alone is worth just pouring over how that was done. But then there's all the coats and gloves and scarves and all these. Other. It's just a fabulous snapshot of history. And, and how people approached motoring. It was very much along the lines of looking your very best because back in those days, I would imagine it is the wealthy that were the ones who were driving. Um, so it, it's just, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful glimpse back at how things were done and how much it's changed considering we're now in our hermetically sealed boxes as we travel along, or most of us are. Uh, as we travel along. So that that is a great one for you to just enjoy. 
Our list of the week comes from Top Gear, and it is Top Gear's Top 15 Fun and Frugal Cars. So this is all about cars that are fun but use up the least amount of fuel. There are 15 cars here. Now, I am going to pick one car. Uh, this is a very tough choice. And, and then I had to, when you scroll through this list, you'll sort of go, hang on. But then you'll remember that it's all about frugality as well as fun, not being cheap. I think I will pick, and oh, I'm so sorry, I'm such a cliche, but the original Mini. Uh, I used to own one. It was wonderful until things went wrong with it because I went to the wrong garage and they messed things up. But it was a, it's, they're wonderful little cars, huge amounts of fun without having to hurtle along at a million miles an hour, as we as most of you will know. So I've I've plumped for a cliche, but do go through the list. Also, see if you can work out what Alan would pick. I've got my suspicions, but what Alan would pick. And do not forget to tell us which one you pick and whether you agree with what was chosen. That means I am at the end finally, again from Top Gear, and this is, as headlined in their article, Mattel celebrates 70 years of Matchbox with special collection. Now, this is all about how Matchbox is now 70 years old. They have come out with seven different collections, and that's one for obviously one for each decade. And they are new castings, according to this article, and they're also using uh, things like they're cast out of recycled zinc, which is what Matchbox is looking to do moving forward so that they're more environmentally friendly, uh, as well as the, the packaging being 100% recycled, recyclable or made from, as it says here, bio-based materials by 2030. And there are some fabulous, uh, fabulous cars from the very old to the very modern, as well as because it's Matchbox, there will be a few more ridiculous models selected and made into uh, their models. Oh, my word. There are many special ones here. I can see a lot of car Twitter showing what they have purchased very soon <laughs> when these come out. But that's a great way to celebrate things as you, you look back at your history like this. And who doesn't love a Matchbox? So this is superb and that brings me to the parish notes alan should be back next week all things being equal uh and, and as long as it, he, flights have gone well and everything is very sorry he couldn't make it on this show uh, and i apologize that there is only just me and there's nothing that could be done about that um, but we should be back to full compliment and full argument and dis sorry discussions next week. That only leaves me to say that don't forget between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts for the show with uh, the Twitter handle at uh, Motoring Podcast. We're also on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can always contact us via our contact page on the motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon and please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Right, the best way to get in touch with Alan is if you use Twitter or Mastodon and look for at 
AJP Bradley, that's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, where he is for there. And then if you search for Crackman Screen on Twitter and also on Mastodon, you should find me there. We'll be back very soon, but until then, he hasn't been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.